Hello, everyone. Today I'm with Angelica Trabert. 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 Okay, is a German doctor and para-equestrian rider. Angelica made her international debut in 1991 and has participated internationally in six world championships, five European championships and five Paralympic Games. Amongst all of her achievements and awards, Angelica is also a mother and has her own charity. Here's Angelica to share her remarkable story. Welcome to the Your Riding Success podcast. My name is Natasha Altoff and I'm a Grand Prix dressage rider from Australia, author of three books and a leading online trainer of riders all around the world wanting to take their riding to the next level. I'm also a chocoholic, mother of two amazing children and obsessed with helping riders be all they can be. Each week, I'm going to be bringing you stories of inspiration, ideas and strategies of how to make real progress in your riding and give you actionable advice on overcoming riding fear and anxiety so you can take your riding to the next level and be the rider you dream to be. So let's get into today's episode. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. How, how does it feel when you hear all of that condensed, um, like your I'm, whole I'm life kind of, condensed? <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of wondering, is that really me? And then I think, yeah, this is me, this is me, this is me. I guess you're right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do, do that. I've done all those things, yeah. But that's me. I'm, I'm always up for some challenges. And um, otherwise, I would think probably it gets too boring. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, well, let's talk about um, your journey in horses. What age did you start riding? Um, I started riding at the age of six, probably. Um, mm. And it was the Western movies and it were not the cowboys, but it were the Indians that um, I found very, um, well, they were a role model for me. And so I always wanted to sit on the horse without a saddle. So um, we used uh, to go horseback riding, like um, lending a, a little pony. And my granduncle actually had to take a little carpet so I could sit on the pony. So that is how I started with riding or at least leading. And then later on, well, much later on, I got my special saddle, but that was only in 89. So it was a long way to go. And I first rode with my artificial legs because I was born without legs. So I do walk on two artificial legs. On, on my right hand, I have only three fingers. I'm also born that way. Um, so first I rode with my artificial legs and then later on through um, a good friend of mine well she became a good friend of mine in the united states and she had an arabian she was afraid that the arabian would spook by the time the lower legs would dangle at his body and his belly so she asked me to write without my legs and since she lost one leg due to bone cancer when she was eight she knew also that the horse would respond to that so that's when I started to ride without my artificial legs. And I felt much more comfortable because um, the skin would not break open that easily. Mm. Um, because when the, the legs move and the horse moves and the skin is in between, um, mm. well, you can ride one time or two times and then the skin is open. Um, yeah, this is when I figured this is probably the better way to ride and uh, mm. the more correct way because I could use my 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 seating way way more to give aids to the horse um so this is when in 89 i finally started on a special saddle that was then built by a saddlery in germany um yeah, yeah and this is more or less where my competition life started i can't wait to ask like you know we're always taught 
the seat, the seat. And so I can only imagine how good your seat is. So we're definitely <laughs> going to go unpack that. I just had to question at the very start, you said, you know, it wasn't the Cowboys. It was definitely the Indians. I love it. What did you like about the Indians? Did you like the, like feathers in your hair? What was it at that age? You, were they just going faster? Um, well, I think it was the Vinatu movies that, that I've seen with my grand uncle. And um, yeah. I, I did find the, the, the cowboys were, were rude a lot of times. And, and uh, I think the Indians had the more gentle way with the horses. And I think this is, I, I, I couldn't probably talk about it at that time oh. in that way, but, but yeah. this is an, uh, how I felt about it. And so it was definitely the Indians then. And I, the freedom that they have moving around yeah. with their horses in the landscape, this is what, what really um, got me. Yes. I love it. I just, I get so curious about all of that. Wonderful. Okay. So um, yeah, let's, let's talk about um, then 1989, building a saddle. And at that time, was riding still for you um, the freedom, the landscapes, the joy, um, everything that you yeah. fall in love with the kid? It wasn't like, I'm going to become a Paralympian. This is now the new no, 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 no. That was yeah. not even, that was before Germany ever sent a team to anything. So yes. that was way before that. For me, it was riding, it was the joy, it was the freedom yeah. to move without having problems. Because if you move with your artificial legs, you always have to look on where you step on and if it's even or if you have a curb or um, if it's uneven and it, it hurts after a while and it gets uncomfortable, well, and the horse just carries you. So, um, yeah, I, I am using the four healthy legs of the horse. Very true. It's so good. So good. Okay. So um, uh, you, the, what is so special about your saddle? What does it do to help you? Um, the special thing about my saddle is, well, it doesn't have stirrups because I don't mm. need them very easy. Um, but it has like uh, little cushions that go around my leg. So it gives me support. Mm. Um, it gives me a little more support with um, a belt that goes over my leg. Um, mm. There's a lower one and a higher one. Um, the lower one is um, attached in the front and in the back. So that stays that way. And then the higher one is longer and forms the handhold in the front. So um, I can actually, if I hold on to this in the front, I can give pressure on my hips. And if I let it loose, it comes loose on both sides. So I can fall off the horse easily. Wow. Because you cannot be attached to the horse. can be very dangerous. Yes. Uh, but we have experienced that a lot of times. I'm sure it works. The getting off bit. The, <laughs> the getting off bit, part, The yeah. emergency dismount. <laughs> yeah, oh, the God. emergency mis dismount does work. <laughs> oh, God, God, God. Okay, amazing. So um, you were in your new saddle just going, oh, this feels so much more comfortable. Because um, how long, often were you riding? Were you trying to ride every day? You just wanted to experience No, that. no, no. I do not come out of a horsey family. So therefore it's a little, was a little difficult um, yeah. with everything because, um, well, I had to convince my parents that I wanted to continue to ride. Um, yes. They were good enough to let me do that. Because I think there would have been a lot of um, parents that would have probably said, well, you cannot uh, go riding because you don't have even legs. And why don't you, you know, do a sport like swimming or something that is very easy where you just hop into the water. 
Um, it's time consuming, it's expensive. Um, yeah, so there were a lot of reasons why you shouldn't do it probably, but they said, well, if I you want to right do now. it, yeah. then um, we'll, we'll try to help you. So they tried mm -hmm. to help me, but it was not like that I could sit on a horse every day and I went riding once a week, like all the little yeah. kids do. And but most of the time, if I had the chance in my vacation, then I went somewhere and more, more or less groomed the horse and was happy to sit on it um, for a little while. So it took me a long time to actually get where I'm at now. And mm. I think um, if I would have had more support or a horse in the backyard or something like that, then it would have been a lot easier. But um, on the other hand, I think it was good because my, my parents never pushed me. So they mm. were not those pushy parents that said, oh, yeah, you're good enough. And they go to the judges and they complain about their mistakes that they made and whatsoever. I never had that. They, they always asked my trainer, was that good? Yeah. <laughs> Before I would yeah. come. And then yeah. the, he would say, yeah, that was good or that was not that good. And um, then they would adapt with that. Um, yeah, I think so. It had good things and bad things about it. Um, but it was for sure that I wanted to do it because it wasn't an easy way. I love it. I love it. So where did this attitude come from? This, um, I like challenge. Um, I want to do it because it's not the easy way. We, do you think you just came onto the planet a bit like that? I think. I love it. <laughs> well, I, I'm, when I'm saying that some people might think I'm crazy, but yeah, maybe I am a little crazy, but uh, sometimes I say, well, I know for sure why I was born without legs because mm. with all the, the power and the energy that I have, if I would have had legs, I think I'd, a lot of people would have not gotten along with me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I needed an extra challenge to slow me down a bit um, because otherwise uh, it would have been very hard to, to keep up with me. And um, I think um, in, in a way you learn when you do have a handicap, um, you stay flexible. You stay mm. flexible because you have to figure out how you mm. get there, um, how much time you need, um, do you need extra help? So thinking in advance, you, you learn that at a, at a very small age. And I mm. think a lot of times that helps you throughout your, um, your life also mm. in work because you think ahead on what you need and what might be missing or things like that. Um, so I think it, it can can definitely be advantage yeah. in many ways. Yeah. That's huge. And so did your parents, um, sounds like they were amazing parents, did they also um, leave it a little bit for you to figure out? Like it's like, yep, you've got to get ready. Um, of course they were there to oh, help yeah. you. They, they, they weren't they doing would, everything for were, you all the time. No, they weren't. There was the same yeah. thing when I came home and when I was like 16, I um, they told at my school that we could go for um, an exchange program, which was with Ca with Canada. And mm. I came back home. I showed my parents the flyer and I said, I want to go there. And they said, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to find a family for you. And um, then we wrote to the organization and they said, well, attach a letter with it where you can do what you can't do. And then we'll see what happens. And um, yeah. They did find the family, so I went for three months to Canada. I went to school there. So, okay. yeah, they, they usually left it up to me, but whenever I came up with something, even if they had no clue, they would yeah. try to help me. Or when I went um, 
10th grade, everybody went skiing. I said, yeah. I'm not going to go skiing, watch it. The other ones come down the hill and I'm just going to yeah. sit there. Yeah. So my, my father, um, he called, I don't know, until he found out on how I could go skiing. And then he organized yeah. that I could learn it before my class would go. And then I would go with the class to go skiing. Wow. And um, so I think that is what, what they gave me, which is, yeah. which is really huge. Because if I wouldn't have had that, you cannot come up with something like that when you are a child. No. Um, there was always and, a way and in therefore your the, I love it. Yeah. And, and they mm. always show me, yeah, there is a way. It might mm. be a different one. It might be yeah. a challenge, but there is a way. If you really want it, you can do it. Mm. And if you have parents mm. that that live that way and that show you and are at your side to 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 help you up when you fall, mm. I think that's the best thing you can have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Completely amazing. Okay. So, um, uh, so what grade do you compete at in your dressage? I'm now a grade three. Um, I yeah. used to be a grade two, but that was redone a couple of times. So I'm now a grade three. So that means um, I'm doing a walk and trot only. I can canter in the style. Um, I do go on regular competitions where I do way more. That depends yeah. on the horse. But the horse actually um, showed me I've had several own horses and there are no limits. If you have the time, if you have a horse that, that fits you, that understands you, no limits. Um, I might have limits because I can only do so much training. And um, yeah, my horse at the moment is a, is a fairly young horse. She's only just turned seven. And um, I, I don't have the amount of time to, to have that fast forward uh, um, and, and and do different movements and everything else that might take a couple of years um, yeah. but yeah you you can get there I had a horse that where I could do serial changes and um, where I could do half passes and and things like that and I I think this horse definitely showed me um, that there are no limits if the horse understands you it will do anything for you and it, it's an amazing feat to have those well six seven hundred kilos underneath you and by shifting your weight, the horse will actually understand what you want. That that mm. is just amazing, and that is that is what what makes um, dressage so interesting because you will always have a new horse, a new chapter, a new movement, and it will never get boring. It will never get po boring, and and you you run under uh, behind the um, that um, perfection that you want. And then you have that feeling for, for a split second and that gives you the motivation for the next, I don't know how many weeks probably. Yeah, yeah. Till you get <laughs> till you get that again. <laughs> we like crackheads, aren't we? I would do anything for the next hit, even yeah. if it's months out. <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> and sometimes I went on a competition and I had just this this perfect feeling on the warm-up arena, mm -hmm. and I could not transport it in the arena actually, but just to be in that warm-up arena to have that feeling that was yeah. worth it even yeah. if you got up at three in the morning and you know yeah. all those things that come with it um but it's worth it yeah 
Yeah. Okay, so I probably do need to go back to the Power Olympic Games. You've been to five Sorry. of them. <laughs> so when did that shift happen? Was it was it meeting um, that lovely lady in a, in the US, or when did it go? Oh, hang on. There's this available, and you could you could do this competitively and and go this way. Um, well, I went with her. It's her her name is Michelle Price, and uh, I went with her because she went on the national games um, in. Oh, I don't know when when that was. Long time ago. Um, but anyway, I went with her, so I saw her competing. But that was in raining. Um, by that time, and. Um, well, and then we had different things going on here and therapeutic riding and they wanted me for um, a meeting there and that was growing up in Germany and we did have a couple of riders and then, yeah, they actually more or less asked if I was wanting to go to the um, second world championships in 91. And then I was on the team. Yeah, and I, I, I knew how and how what, but we rode all on borrowed horses. So we never mm. knew what was going to come up. So mm. we had like five to eight days at the most. And um, then we rode a dressage test with that horse. And uh, I remember Vanya at that time. That was the horse in 91. And, um, oh, I, I think after the third day or something, she understood how to canter with me, which was really lo- great. Um, because by that time I still needed that. And, uh, mm. uh, that was always a really big challenge to get a horse mm-hmm. to canter with me. And, um, mm. it still is, it still is. Mm. Matter of fact, my young horse, I've only started now after almost a year because wow. she was just so young and did not really understand what I wanted from her. Mm. And so she did also not understand and sometimes get a bit afraid because there's just no legs and, mm. um, so I did not want to overdo it. And you do have that with horses sometimes. Mm. Um, then you need to go a step back and um, make it more easy for the horse till the horse has so much confidence um, that you can build up again um, yeah. the movement. So that is how I got to Denmark yeah. in 91. Uh, yeah. On a, on a horse that, you know, what, so how many rides did you get? Did you get the eight days? Um, I don't. I don't remember. I think it was yeah, five days. But somewhere, it's, yeah. it's amazing. And, and you yeah. have to, and you have to realize that the horses that are not used to doing that much dressage and not—it's a lot of work for them if they do mm. that with um, handicapped riders because the thinking that they have to do mm-hmm. and the understanding is um, is a lot of work for them. Head yeah. work, mentality mm. wise, and yeah. I remember the horse in '96 in Atlanta, which were the first Paralympics. Yes. Um, Amber, um, she was actually a hunter and jumper, and um, oh, she wow. had n- not really a clue on dressage. I first bought her a bridle, <laughs> uh, so she was almost getting lame after those days because of mm. aching muscles. Because wow. she was just not used to it. So for mm. the horse, it was very difficult. And I think it was good that we then, after 2000, went to ride on own horses. Yes. Um, I think it's the right way that we did it because we can show way more on what we are able and capable of doing. But it also puts the nation and the riders in a very difficult position because they are mostly pure amateurs. And now they need to look on where they can find the horse. And mm. the standards 
has been rising so much that it's not that easy to find the suitable and then the moving horse at all for an affordable price. Mm. So I think this is something that is uh, really a challenge for a lot of the riders. They might be good riders, but they have to have sponsors or they have to have the money and the time to make there. Mm. So I was mm. lucky because I grew up with the sport. Mm. And I, by mm. then, had a horse um, that went with me for a while before I had to change because I already had that horse and it was suitable enough. We had mm. the chance to go to another world championships and win a couple medals there. Mm. Um, but if riders come in now young, then I think very hard to pick up that that um, standard that um, you have, you find now in all those different tests. Mm. Mm, absolutely. Ugh. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask a woo-woo question. I don't know if you even know that word. Um, uh, it means no. just like, a, you know, and, and I'm not woo-woo. And, again, I don't know how to say okay. it in not using that word. Um, but is there this, you know, for the horse to understand, I understand he's, you know, sitting there with his brain going, what is this, what is this, what is this? But is there some kind of other kind of energetic connection or some other kind of connection that you make with the horse? Or is it purely just this is what it, you're just training like a dolphin? This aid means this response. This train aid means this response. Or is there something deeper? No, it is, it is, it is more than that. Um, I believe it's more than that. Mm. You have to do the aids precisely, yes, because that will help the horse understand, for sure. Yeah. But if you have the horse on your side, it will mm. do way more for you. Mm. And I, most of the times, end up with mares. Mm. Not that I'm searching for mares, but mm -hmm. what I've found out a lot of times when you have the mare on your side, she will just fight for you. She mm. will just do whatever it needs. And mm. when she has confidence in you, I think it's different than a gelding. And mm. um, a stallion is, is another thing again. But um, mm. And yes, there is a deeper connection with the horse. I believe so. Mm. Uh, because otherwise, um, if they would figure out, I mean, they wouldn't have to do anything that we ask them to exactly. do, especially with our light aids. Mm. And that also... Um, shows me that you don't need a lot of those aids that are being used because they can be very light with most of the horses. Yes. Um, which does not mean that I would not want my horse to be ridden in a normal way. I think mm. they need a very correct um, training with all mm. the aids that there are very mm -hmm. precise. And the more precise mm -hmm. and accurate the aids have been given to the horse, the more easy it is for me to make the horse understand what I want. Mm, mm. So with your horse now, do you ride it and someone else rides it or just you? Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I believe that somebody else needs to ride the horse because I cannot go like in, in a rising trot. I cannot mm -hmm. go in a light seat. Mm -hmm. So if you have a young horse, I think mm -hmm. it's mandatory that you have somebody that gives them the horse also this part of the training because I wow. cannot do that. And I don't think, and I don't believe it's good to have only the horse like in collection and whatever mm. else, I, especially a young horse. You uh, mm. he needs a lot of different training and over bars and 
and mm-hmm. out in the countryside that they get used to things and I cannot do that on my, on my own. Um, mm-hmm. So somebody else needs to ride the horse. And as I said before, I think um, you need a very good trainer that is aware of all the different aids that is not only using the legs, but then you can also, when the horse has learned a lesson or a lecture, um, then you can go a little further and then you can discuss with your trainer or with the one that is riding your horse. Um, how do you give the aids to do mm. a half pass or um, a leg yield or um, a turn on the haunches? Very difficult for me. Um, so you can discuss this. And I, using my two whips, um, mm. but... Um, I'm also for canter. I do use my voice. So you should talk with your trainer or whoever else is helping you um, to not have them use something totally different than you do, because mm-hmm. that is going to mix up um, the horse's head for a while, especially yeah. when they're fairly young. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, I agree. Or I think that there should be somebody else that gives the horse um, uh, the other part of the, the, um, yeah, part of the training, the uh, the things that I cannot do, um, mm. and I believe this is true for everybody that has a more or less severe handicap. Mm. The more severe your handicap is, the more I think you depend on somebody else that is capable of riding the horse in a in a, in a good way for you. Mm. Mm. They also need to canter. They also need to run. They also need to go out to the countryside. And um, I think this is very important that the horse gets that. Yeah, huge. I love it. I love how you think of everything. It's really, really, really cool. All right. So um, you are a remarkable woman. I would love to know what you do for a career and what your weekly schedule looks like and how you manage to combine everything. If you can just take us through an average week for you. Oh, I don't know sometimes how I do it. Um, Um, the most important is that you have um, a surrounding uh, where are people that are willing to help you with your schedule Um, if I would not have people that would help me with the horse or with um, um, at home um, I cannot manage everything on my own Mm, so mm. there have always been people that helped me if they were my parents or my partner or friends or my trainer um you always need somebody that adds um, things to it to make it whole mm, um, mm. my oh. week I, I at the moment i do work four days a week as ologist i work in a private practice little clinic um, not in a big hospital anymore. I've done that for well, almost 20 years. Um, and I wanted to get rid of night shift and weekend shifts. Yes. Um, because that is dif- difficult for um, being in competitions. And mm-hmm. so sometimes I did night shifts on Thursday, so I would have the Friday off. So with one to two hours sleep, I would have the trailer oh. behind my car and go to the competition. So I'm too old for that now. (laughs) So um, I had to change that. Mm. So now I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I think um, four days a week that should um, last. 
Um, yeah, otherwise, great. I cannot train enough and I cannot mm. spend time with the kids enough. And mm. yeah, my days should probably have at least three to six hours more, but I cannot do that. So that's the problem sometimes. Yeah. So I do get up at six o'clock in the morning. I mm -hmm. leave by 6.40. Um, I have 35 to 40 minute drive um, yeah. to my work. Then I work till this program is over. Um, that depends. That can be at two, that can be at three, that can be at four. Mm -hmm. um, then I drive home. Um, depending, sometimes I go straight to the to the horse stable, but most of the times I do go home at them because then with those uh, with this difficult situation of uh, Corona, um, mm. the kids don't go on regular school um, mm. days, so they need help with their homework. They are third and fourth grade only, um, mm. so at least I can help them. <laughs> yeah, um, I was here ten months. <laughs> it might be more difficult when you when they get old. And yeah, I, I I do. Then uh, see the horse, and sometimes on a Tuesday, and then on the week, make it three to four times a week. Um, and I think this is also enough for horse to concentrate on me. Yeah, yeah. Today's episode of the Your Riding Success Podcast is brought to you by Riding Superstars. This is where all things riding happen. Whether you're interested in competing, dressage, goal setting, or overcoming fear in your riding, enjoy free weekly trainings and resources. Click the link in the show notes or search Riding Superstars on Facebook to join our global equestrian community. And is there any yeah. free time so, on the weekend? At the moment, yes, because there is no competitions. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, at the moment, there are there's free time um but usually it's a lot of running around to get things ready to to get the horse ready to go on competitions on training weekends and then to compensate at home to do the washing and to prepare the food for the next week maybe mm. put it in the freezer at the moment due to again i had problems finding an au pair um mm. to help me because mm. they didn't get any visa and um yeah so that adds up at the moment and yeah. you just have to see just one by one yeah so i I'm, that's why i said i i just don't, sometimes i don't know because i don't know today what's going to happen on monday mm. and if mm. i have a long program uh, and if there are a lot of surgeries planned well yeah then then i have to call my trainer or send them an sms and say well today yeah. is just impossible but mm. i know and that is very important for me i know that the horse has been out, the horse has been working or had some pleasure. Um, I don't have to care for that. Mm. Uh, I know mm. it's working. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I could not have my freedom in working as anesthesiologist and the other way around. Mm. Um, it's, it's both. You, it needs to work without you also. Yes, yes. And was it hard finding a trainer? that understood um, you understood like I'm thinking they need to be very good at communicating what they might do a little bit unconsciously like how do you half pass precisely with your inside seat bone and your outside seat bone and your wrist yeah. um, to obviously yeah. get sometimes that that, that right. is that sometimes that is difficult I have been with one trainer for 12 years oh, um, like more or less grew up together Love and um, I just 
I only changed that um, because he's just so far away. Where he has mm -hmm. a stable, I almost drive 100, um, over 100 kilometers. So mm -hmm. it's more than an hour, hour and mm -hmm. 30 minutes. So when our kids came, I had to change something because I could not sit in the car for three hours just to get to the horse and back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that. That was the reason to change that. And now I'm training with our German coach, with our German trainer, trainer for a while because he is like in, in, in our area. I've been yeah. riding with a lot of different people. And again, I think it's very important to still look over the plate, to mm. not only look what dressage trainers are doing, mm. but also what do other people do so i have been riding with a trainer from spain um because i got to know him for the show appassionata and i rode there mm -hmm. with my horse for a couple times oh, cool. years ago mm -hmm. and um so i think it is it is very important and i when i was in the states also a long time ago i had a couple of western riding lessons oh. and i think you can you can learn from all different mm -hmm. riding styles and mm -hmm. you pick out what is good for you and what mm -hmm. you agree with. And um, yeah. most of the horses, they, you just need to find the right way to communicate with this horse. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. I love, love it. You are amazing. <laughs> so um, I have a lot of riders uh, that sometimes struggle with fear or um, they've had a fall or they're worried that they might have a fall. Um have you ever had that? Have you ever had a fall that knocked your confidence? And how did you, how do you overcome that? That gets more and more difficult the older you get. Thank you so honest. much for being honest. Um, I mean, yeah, that, that is a thing for everybody the same. Yeah. And um, yes, if I, if I do fall, it's, it's not very nice. I, I mm. try to prevent from that if I can. Yes. Um, when I was younger, I said, well, oh, yeah, that's stupid. Just get on the horse and just get going. But <laughs> if my inner self tells me the horse needs to run first, then I have to make that happen. Mm. And usually it ended up that it did not work out that I fell off because I just did not listen to myself. I knew it better. I knew the horse was not in, a, in, in the right shape and that he was just not being turned out and was not on the pasture or whatever and um when you have that feeling i just think you have to be honest to yourself you have to be honest and if you feel it just get off the horse get the saddle off and try to lunge him before you get on again it's and so i think good. that is that is that is very important and um i do need everything i have so I better don't break anything that is left. <laughs> Amazing. And I love that you can acknowledge that we all have this higher wisdom, this inner intuition or whatever it's called. And sometimes we ignore it and, you know, it doesn't go so well. So I love that you're like, actually, I've got this. Like I know what the horse needs mm -hmm. and I know. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'd love to talk more about your charity. Can you tell us what your charity focuses on and why it was created? Um, well, um, I went to Guinea in 2009 for the first time for a little organization called Mango. 
Um, they were founded by um, somebody from Guinea who is a doctor in Frankfurt. And um, he, I did anesthesia for him and he told me uh, that sometimes they needed anesthesiologists and so on. And I said, oh, yeah, I would be interested And in those big organizations. I think when I tell them that I would come with a wheelchair, they probably would say, well, you better stay home. It's not a country <laughs> for you. Yeah. And then he said, that's not true. I, I would want you to come because I know how you work. And I think that that is very good. And also the Africans have to understand that sitting in the bushes will not help. Love it. And at that point, I had no clue what he was talking about. Mm. Um, but I think he was right. But because a lot of times, you need, well, you can talk about something, but mm. um, when people see it, it makes mm. them think about something way more than if you talk for an hour. Yes. Um, so, yes, I did go there and it was quite a challenge. Um, but I had a very good team and I went there several times. And then I got to know also my now husband. Um, oh. He was there for our security um, yeah. while we were down there. Yeah, he was working for the military there. And um, so... <laughs> yeah well difficult but yeah was um it took me two years to get a visa for him to come over to germany for once mm -hmm. and um so but anyway and then i said well what do you think would guinea need and he said well when you look at all those people that have a handicap they have just no chance they don't have a chance to do mm -hmm. anything they are not with their family because um, the people think on, uh, only that they are a burden. Um, so I said, well, they would need the possibility to get education mm -hmm. and to actually find a job or to, to invent something so they are not useless. Mm -hmm. And um, this is what made us finally found that um, uh, little, what's it called? ONG, no? In English, it's ONG. <laughs> In French, it's NGO. So, <laughs> I, I. <laughs> uh, um, to found that and um, took a long time, paperwork and so on. But um, we are doing little things. We are very small, but uh, we just um, gave, like now, last week, 20 wheelchairs to people in Guinea. So, wow. yeah, it is small. But uh, we are trying to help here and there. And we gave sanitary kits um, in the corona uh, crisis now to them because they had no possibility on washing their hands and um, some hygienic items, um, yeah. soap and um, yeah. just something like this. And um, we would want to build that up to making a school uh, for handicapped yeah. people that they can go to school or... Um, see what they need to get to the school um, yeah. or um, I know that a lot had stopped stop school because parents did not have the money to send them there um, mm. so I think it will work on a one-to-one -one basis and we mm. want to um, have like partners that say okay this person we're just um, writing down now histories of the people that are have their handicap like they come out, out of a family with how many kids and they are now at what grade and um, mm. so people would know story and I want to have a partner 
for one person to say, okay, I'm going to pay the school for the next three years because you yeah. need to build on something that is um, solid, that is not only like for one month. And no, uh, it yeah. doesn't help them to just give them money at the moment because then all the families and the family members, million cousins and whoever else will come and say, oh, you got money. And mm. Um, mm. you need to find a way because it's all corrupt there. Everybody mm. wants a little bit of that little piece of cake that comes there. Mm. And um, so you need to to invent on how you can mm, find a way. Uh, mm. The money definitely gets there for what you want it to yes. be there. And not for the grandmother that then got sick and not for yes. the parents that needed uh the sack rice for their grandparents or mm. um, whoever mm. else. Mm. They, they always have very good um, uh, ideas and why they would need it. <clears throat> but mm. definitely um, you need to support that one person. Otherwise, uh, you need a million more and nothing has happened. Yeah, it's huge. And, and so that is what is really difficult. Yes. But what I love about you is how many people go into situations like I know myself and you go, oh, my gosh, you're suddenly aware of a problem or aware of an injustice or aware of mm. something and it, and it makes you feel bad, but that's all you do about it or you might donate some money, but you're like, no, I'm going to think on this. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to do this and not you're not going to like – the world is like just for this person and then just for this person and then just for this person. Yeah. Like I love the idea of the school. It's such a good idea to solve that problem, to go, okay, well, I don't need to give them money. I just need to get them that they qualify for this school. Such a, again, because your brain yeah. is I've got to find the best way and I've got to find the out-of-the-box way. Um, it's just genius. I love it. Yeah, and, and I think. I think it's it's a good way, and I think it, it, this is the way I want it. But um, um, it, I know how much work is behind that. And I have a couple mm. other people that would help here, mm. plus a couple of very um, good friends where I know that they work and that they do it just because they think it's a good work and not mm. for the money they get or whatever, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that is not a fortune. Um, that it would not work at all. And mm. I also said, I will try that. I'll give myself 10 years and see how far we got. And it. it might happen that in 10 years I say, okay, we have helped this person, this person, and that person, but more we couldn't do. That is possible yeah. because this political situation there is very mm. difficult. There are so many curves and you have to think it over with your um, ONG. And, and if, if this is what you want, and mm. if this is on how you could spend the money that you get here mm. for those people, and mm. if that is all right, and I think you have to question yourself and the situation um, again and again and see on how far you can get. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, were you planning no, to go... Anyway, just, 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 just yes. to mention that um, the, the ONG is called Sundiata and... Sundiata.com, it's in German, but anyway, there you can have a look at um, at our webpage. Absolutely. We are going to put that all in the show notes and we'll make sure that we um, have mm -hmm. everyone, if you, if you want to help and want to donate, absolutely, we can go there. We'll make sure we get that. Um, uh, is there an English translation on the website? No. No, you would have <laughs> right. to probably have. Google will do that. 
I'm sure there's a Google Translate. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, and so we yes, do have we... it on Facebook. So on Facebook, I do post also things in English and French. Oh, perfect. We'll put that link as well so people yeah. can follow you there. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yes, were you planning to go to Tokyo last year? Was your um, horse ready? Yes and no. I was planning mm. to go to Tokyo but not with my horse. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, the horse that I got um, sponsored for um, the World Equestrian Games before in 2018 mm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the, it went back to his owners, so I mm-hmm. was not able to ride that anymore. Very sad, so my soul horse, but anyway, mm-hmm. not mine, I cannot help yeah. it. The mm-hmm. young mare definitely was too young to go to Tokyo, with, mm-hmm. with only being six, it was the first years I could have competed, and I would yeah. not want her to fly. And even with seven at the moment, I would not think she is ready for something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been to Tokyo and I have been uh, to Japan a couple times because I was invited and I did do writing lessons um, there. And uh, I went last January with a friend of mine because I was uh, invited beforehand to Tokyo. Um, It was, as usual, very interesting. And I would love to go. Um, but I would probably see if they would have a job for me again, like I did it in Rio, because mm. I could not make it on a team to Rio. Mm. Um, I was there. Um, the person who would bring the rider actually in the mixed zone, um, which was really nice because I got to see the riding and the competition, and mm-hmm. I could speak to the riders. And since they mostly all know me, it was for them very easy to go with me to the mixed zone to go to the media yeah and that was a perfect job for me um and i said well i now also since i am athletes representative again um at fei at the technical mm-hmm. committee for parade mm-hmm. question um mm-hmm. i think also it would be my duty to be there um yeah. also to be there for the athlete and uh, to be a voice for the athletes that is i would understand it but it. I would not never say it's a hundred percent, but uh, the percentage is still quite high. They um, would go as an official. Mm, mm, mm. So the plan is twenty-four with your current horse, if everything goes perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that definitely is on the schedule, and also mm-hmm. beforehand, if there is European Championships, we will see on how things will work out with all of the crisis mm. at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. Uh, we need to get out now and do some competing, um, but we can only do it when we are allowed to. So if mm-hmm. there is no competitions, we can just not help it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I think we still have the privilege that we are allowed to go to our horses and right. to work our horses yeah. and to ride them. There's a lot of mm-hmm. people that cannot do their sports at the moment and mm-hmm. um, that cannot live their lives like they used before. Mm-hmm. Mm, I totally agree. Yeah, no, it is. Okay, so out of all your amazing achievements and all your amazing success, what's your favourite and why? Good question. I don't know. <laughs> super hard. I don't know. I'm super hard to pick one. I think what is very, very special and what always has been a favourite when I got 
invited to to your country to talk um, about horseback riding, and I think mm -hmm. this is just an an extra. That is um, something. I mean, the horses have brought me around the world, and I've met so many people in the horse world. And mm. I think I would pick that as a, as a very, very special family that I'm part of. And I mm. feel very special that, that I am part of this big family and, and this big horse family. And um, especially in the para-equestrian world, uh, some of those people I know for over 20 years. Yeah. So it's, it's, that, is, that is very, very special. And um, also those things like I... Um, was an, uh, inducted into the Cowgirls Hall of Fame in, in um, Fort Worth two years yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, the, the first class um, where they had actually people from outside the United States. Mm. And I got Camilla Napruz, um, who actually was the horse master for... Um, What's it called again? I will tell you. I will tell you in a minute. Now I'm, I'm, I'm out of my um, words. What's it called? Games of Thrones. No, oh, yeah. Okay. She also got inducted into the okay. Hogwarts Hall of Fame. So that is again a very different um, part of the horse world, and they have mm -hmm. like people that those special belt buckles and it's artists more or less but all connected to the horse world and yeah. um it's very it's very very good to 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 see it's not only dressage what we are talking about and the horse has so many has a variety it gives to you and like like you said it's it's the freedom that i have going out in the countryside or the mm. time that i rode along long beach in south africa um yeah. or that where i was um Australia, uh, where I did visit the family that brought the horse and the 2000 Paralympics to me a couple mm. of times, and they came back to visit me in Germany. Um, that is just very, very special connections that you make through yeah. the horses. Yeah. And I think this is this is what's what made made life really special for me. Yeah, that's perfect. I love it. And um, is there any what what was your have you ever had a setback where you're like oh, I'm just never going to ride again or this is all too hard, I can't do this. Did you ever have something where you doubted? Um, no, not in Love horse it. riding. <laughs> not in horse riding. Yeah. There are days where you get sit, sit on the horse and you uh, think, oh, yeah. have I ever sat on a horse before? Yeah, <laughs> good. We all have that. Where, where uh, this, and, and yeah, I've had that where my trainer said, you know what? I think today you're just going to go F off the horse and we have a coffee. Nice. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that, that, that I was about to give up on horseback riding at all. No. Yeah. Never, ever. Yeah. I think that would be the least thing. I would always be connected to the horse. Yeah. yeah. In one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And so what's the one piece of advice that you live by? It's, I guess it's my motto. Mm -hmm. that I have been having for, um, since I was with Michelle in Michigan Lansing um, for those national games. And that's it's ability, not disability that counts. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think and you I really, especially yeah, yeah. when you're a German, you have to 
um, figure that out sometimes because the Germans, they want to be so good in all those different things, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's looking at the abilities that you have. Yes. And there are many, there are plenty. We all have abilities. Everybody yeah. has them. Yeah. And, and to look about what you cannot do. Um, mm. I think it's, it, it's old. Everybody knows that. But mm. you should just live that in your life. Yes, but to know and not to do is not to know. Yeah. yeah. And I've That's got this one as well that you said, I was born privileged, capable to do anything I set my mind on, even though I have a handicap. As a role model, I want to ensure others live their life. Huge. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's for sure. Because a lot of people, they just sit back and say, well, I have a handicap. I can't do this and I can't do mm. that. And I can't. Everybody in the world has a handicap. Some are more so true. And some are not. <laughs> so true. Um, I think, yeah. and I think it's it starts in your mind. So if you set yes. your mind on something, and if you believe in yourself, then you can do it. There's mm. always a way. It mm-hmm. might be a detour, but mm-hmm. you eventually will get there yes. if you just set your mind 100 on it. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so true. Is there, that's a perfect place to end, I think, because that's, that's, that's just four. Um, do you have any sponsors that you'd like to mention or yeah, make sure that you mention your charity again, everything that we need to know about how to get in contact with you and who supports you? Um, well, you can always look on my webpage that is not um, updated very often, but you can also find me on Facebook. Um, my webpage yeah. is Angelica trabat.de minus trabat.de yes. um, you can find that Google will also tell you then um, the organization is sundiata.org um, yes. where you can find um, the charity then I am very happy that I am um, still sponsored by the region that I ride for um, which is Rheinland-Pfalz and mm-hmm. which is Lotto Rheinland-Pfalz and um, Sporthilfe Landfalls and um, well, Castell is uh, sponsoring T-shirts. I love <laughs> and, that. Um, yeah, and Passier is um, sponsoring my saddle since ever. So good. I don't know yeah. how long. So they are really helping me with that, and I think that. Uh, and then I have those. Um, I have a how do you call it? Classic. Um, it's it's freeliner if you look at freeliner it's uh, by orange bike concept um mm-hmm. they sponsored me that and that is a huge help um because it's it's like motorized it's on three wheels and i can mm. go through venues with it um through the sand and everything so that ah, is really really cool and very helpful yeah so i think yeah. i hope i had most of them <laughs> it's, no, it's, not whole, it's not a whole lot and um in, in in germany i i have to mention well that's for sure too um with that horse i got helped by the fn which is the federation nationale which is our german federation for the riding yes. um yeah. to purchase the horse they mm. helped me with that yeah so that but that also was for the first time and i think we are getting a little further so it it is getting more and more normal Mm. um but we are still not there um to have it equal to other horse riders i think Mm -hmm. Mm. we're still working on it 
one day yes yes we're on the way I love it <laughs> yeah well we yes. will make sure all of that's in the show notes guys so when you're listening to this just just flip down to all the show notes and make sure you check out all those links because yeah. that's amazing that would be perfect thank you very awesome much. Thank you so much for your time today. I'm sure everyone's super pumped and got a lot out of today. And I really thank you and acknowledge you for your time. Well, thank you very much for having me. Pleasure. If you enjoyed today's episode and you want more information, including the transcription, head over to yourwritingsuccess.com backslash podcast. There you'll find all our other podcasts, lots of cool manuals there for you, lots of cool other transcriptions, heaps of free resources there for you. Just go to yourwritingsuccess.com backslash podcast to get that all and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode.